Our topic today is godly masculinity. I guess I could say it this way, it's your turn, men. After spending Mother's Day and talking about the precious gift of femininity, I felt like on that day, it's, it's like I've said about many things, including our series that will be ongoing later this summer on the end times. It's like the tip of the iceberg. There's so much that we could think about and read from God's Word. Our focus scripture for both Mother's Day and today is the same. And it's from Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. I read it quite a few weeks ago and want to read it again this morning. It says, So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. Male and female. Unique, precious, different, blessed, amazing, separate, creative idea. God's plan for humanity is a beautiful one. The whole concept of male and female, which we all know has been so confused recently, very recently. But the confusion about our identity, male and female, and our sexuality, is certainly not from God. And going back and embracing what God says about who we are and our identity is what brings peace to us and and help. The whole concept of male and female illustrates to me the amazing, incredible imagination of God. How he began, he began with the animal kingdom and male and female, and he had somewhere in his infinite uh, wisdom the incredible idea of male and female. It really is to me one of many, but one of the most powerful, creative ideas that God had when He made man in His image. And He links it in this Scripture. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He made them. The creativity of God is incredible. It's really beyond human understanding. I mean, who could have thought of this? I mean, that's the only way we think because, you know, we're here. But can you imagine just the creative idea that God had of male and female and what that would mean in the many internal ways that God has designed us? How God has, with great variety and with genetics, allowed for a large mixture of these traits and qualities and within that chromosomal plan, God gives such variety to what we look like and how we feel and how we, uh, how we perceive life. And yet, within that plan, God expressly says male and female. We think of all the internal ways that we're different. How we think different. We laugh about that and make jokes. We look at things different. We view life different. But both has an amazing purpose and plan and together they complement each other in a way that, that blesses our lives and our humanity. To me, I think of those internal 
differences. And then I think of the external differences of men and women and how God designed us, our bodies, and, and how it's just, it's a wonder of God's imagination that He's made us the way that He has. That's something to be valued and cherished. And though there will be those that will try to devalue that, remembering and being thankful, how physically and physiologically, in every way God designed us, physically, emotionally, uh, our personalities, all those traits that come through the, the, the genetic process, uh, even spiritually, we're different. And we develop different. And we're designed different. Some people spiritually have certain sensitivities that others do not. Some people are more internal. Some are more external. We're different. How God speaks to us and even how God connects to us. There's no two people in the world that connects to God exactly the same way. Because faith is so much a part of our internal processes of how we think and how we understand things. But to me, that whole picture and puzzle of the male and the female just draws me to the beauty and the wonder of God's creation. I tried to say such similar things about, uh, about femininity and about being female and on Mother's Day and talked about how precious every single person is, every single girl, every single baby, every single preteen, every teenage girl, every teenager, every young adult, every person in adulthood, every lady is unique and special and important to God. And I want to say the same thing of boys and men and babies today and teenagers. We're focusing today on some attributes of manhood, Christian manhood, masculinity. There's a call of God upon every male from within their minds and their bodies that is a will and a plan for their lives. God created every person with purpose. And He gives men particular responsibilities and purposes just as we talked about. He gives, he gives women and ladies certain responsibilities. Today I want us to think about for a few minutes and celebrate like we did about the ladies. I want us to, to really celebrate and give thanks today for manhood. For the men in your lives. For the young people, the young men in your lives, believing that each one of them have a God-given purpose and plan. And you have a purpose to God, young men, old men, teenagers, young adults. You have a purpose to God. You are important to God. You are highly valued by God. You are so valued by God that throughout the Scriptures are various uh, thoughts and ideas that remind us of how important and special the gift is that God has put within you is. And that you should see that as a great area of stewardship of your life. Men, God created you to be and to do certain things. And to have certain attributes in your life that are visible and evident to the people around you. The people you're responsible for. The people who you have a circle of influence with. The responsibility that God gives to men is, is evident in this first chapter of the book of Genesis. 
in the second chapter and the leadership that God wants in your life for the people around you is a leadership that is serving the people around you. You are highly valued by God and you have great potential to fulfill something that God designed just for you and who you are. It may be an uh, outward way to live out your life and your faith that directly influences and changes people or it may be a small circle that is called your family and your workplace and your relationships. It may be something in between, but every single man has a God-given plan for their life. And they're important to God. You have great potential. Every age is unique and important. The development of what we believe about being a man and our identity and our character is so important. And I would hope as a church and God's people that we would be in the place of reinforcing and encouraging both our girls and our boys to be what God calls them and wants them to be. There are many scriptures about what the Bible says to us about being female, being male. Today, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, one translation says it like this. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be courageous, be strong. In this translation of that verse, it's a reminder that Paul was thinking about leadership and that men would be something. That men, men, men would stand up and be in their generation what God called them and wanted them to be. I see the first word, be watchful. Be aware, men, young people, know that God is wanting you to be thinking about certain things as you grow and you develop and you decide who you are and you live out your faith. God created masculinity and it is to bring life. It is to bring goodness. It is to bring security. It is to bring love. It is connect people to the overall plan of God. There is a worldview out there, and you know that, that minimizes the importance and the role of masculinity and distorts it terribly. There are several views out there. One that's out there now is to attack masculinity and to, to, to put out that being a man is wrong and, and being, uh, uh, having certain qualities of manhood is, is evil and wrong. And it's not true. God's plan for masculinity is the best plan and a good plan and a beautiful plan. God's plan brings life. I believe that God's plan for manhood is an extension of God's identity and God's image. And as we understand the image of God as a man, we know that there's certain things about how we live and what our attitude is and what's important to us that will either help people to see the image of God or it will drive them away from even wanting to believe in God. King David and his son Solomon illustrate in many places in the Bible and in their writings and in their story about the importance of godly manhood. King David and his son Solomon were both leaders in Israel. They were kings in Israel. Both men did great things throughout their life. Both men failed miserably and sinned terribly throughout their life. Both men, especially David, found God's forgiveness and restoration. 
Both men had a lot of experiences that they lived out, good and bad. Listen to David's nearly last words to his son in 1 Kings chapter 2. This is David nearing his death. Lived a long time. Did a lot of good. Did a lot of evil. And this is what he said to his son Solomon. I am about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord your God. I think David was trying to say to his son Solomon somewhere in these words and others that are part of this story. Solomon, I'm about to be gone. I don't, it's, I don't have much more influence in your life. And, and I won't be here in the future. But I want to say to you, remember the responsibility that God gives you. Show yourself as a man. Keep the charge of the Lord your God. And so to Solomon, he speaks. And then he wrote in chapter 119, longest chapter of the Bible and the middle chapter of the Bible, as some have observed. David writes this. How can a young man stay on the path to purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. David was saying in that writing how important it is that young men choose a path. It's important today, and I want to say to all of you young men out there, you must choose your path. Choosing your path is important. Choosing the path that you will center your life on, who you are, your identity, your perspective, your accountability, your responsibility is so important to God. And the people in your future, that wife that someday you may marry, the children that God will give you to raise up. I want to talk this morning about some attributes of a godly man. And there's so many. The first one that I want to say this morning is a godly man has balance. Godly man has balance. A godly man has perspective. He doesn't get distracted by things that don't matter. He doesn't get so focused on things of this world that he loses out on the things of eternal value. Somehow he keeps all the good things that can distract in balance of what God wants. You might say the hobbies, the toys, the fun things. I think in most ways, not every way, but I'm like most men are. I have things I love to do and I love to play with. I have things that I look forward to year in and year out and year around. And most of the, I think they're all good things. But I also have to ask God, God, what do you want my life to be about? What do you want me to spend my life doing and being? Where do you want me to have influence for you? A godly man has balance. He has understanding. He knows this truth deep in his heart that says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Without that foundation of believing and following who God is, we cannot have balance. And we cannot live the life that God wants us to. A godly man has balance. A godly man has integrity. A godly man is consistent. Character. Character matters. A godly man chooses to do what's right. 
A godly man knows what's right because a godly man knows what God's Word says. A godly man knows what God says about how we live and how we choose our our values. A godly man will have this and so a godly man will make the choice and the decision to say, I will follow what God has told me. I will do what's right. I will obey God. Even when I might not understand exactly why, I will do what God says because I know God is right. I may not get it all understood right now, but I will. Because God will show it to me and God will be clear. God will help me. A godly man has integrity. A godly man has deep, deep faith. Is faithful. His life is marked by faithfulness over time. That he will keep coming back to the core values of living out God's truth in his life. A godly man, I'm not saying today is perfect. David wasn't, Solomon wasn't. Some have failed more than others. Some men in the Bible, we don't see their failure. Maybe they weren't, maybe they lived it. But they were faithful. There's Daniel. We studied last year and many others. Faithfulness is you keep coming back to what is right and you keep holding on and you keep evaluating. You keep reevaluating your life, who you are, what you believe, and how you treat people. And that attitude deep within that only God's Spirit can sanctify. Faithful men will keep coming back to that and saying, God, how do you want to sanctify me? What part of me do you want to challenge or change or refine or clean up? A godly man, godly masculinity is governed by a faithful spirit. A godly man is also governed by a serving spirit. Serving others. That's what Jesus said. He said it to his disciples the night he was arrested. He got down on his hands and knees and he washed the feet of the disciples. And he showed them something visible. Far more important than the washing of the feet was the attitude and the spirit that Jesus was saying to men. To his disciples, to his godly. You're to be a servant. You're to be a servant of your family. You're to be a servant of your spouse your wife, your children. You're to be a server. Unselfish in your spirit. In your mind, in your body. In your spirit. To be someone who serves. A godly man brings the fullness of God's image about being a servant. Godly men are healers. They're helpers. They're life givers. They add value. Because they have God's spirit deep within them. To lead them and guide them. And govern them. I talked to. Use the term a few minutes ago. World view. There are world views out there. In one world view. Ungodly men. Are allowed to bring deep deep pain to other people. 
So much of our human history wracked by sin. If I can place the blame where it needs to be. Manhood has a bad name in many places today because of selfishness of men. Part of the reason why we have such confusion about masculinity is because people who claim to be godly are not. And they're bullies. They're mean-spirited and selfish. They run over people and they hurt them. Ungodly attitudes. Words that tear down. Bullying. An unteachable man can be very destructive. One who can stand here or sit there on Sunday mornings, if the heart is not sanctified by God's Spirit, they can do all kinds of damage to people around them. Men have such potential to be a blessing and to guide people toward God and good life. That they also have that potential if they have an unsanctified heart to hurt and destroy others. God calls men to humility. Humility. If that piece of the puzzle is not in your spirit, you'll do more damage than good if you claim to be a Christian. Our Bible story tomorrow night, among other things, is about David and his three brothers, and God chose him to uh, be king. And the line from that story that just keeps going through my, my thought process is this. Man looks at the outside, but God looks at the heart. Oh, how God wants to see in the heart of every man a fidelity to truth and goodness and kindness. Humility is so important, men, in who you are. And so is accountability. Accountability. I know men especially, and this is generalization, men like to be independent. Men really don't like Again, this is generalization. It's not always true, but it is for most of us. We like to be in charge. We're pretty strongly opinionated. And I'm not saying that women aren't. Too many of you are laughing out there. I don't know why, but... Accountability. See, one of the, one of the problems with being so independent is it's an excuse for accountability. If you're not accountable and you can have any attitude you want and say anything you want to and you say it's up to me that's not God's view of masculinity as iron sharpeneth iron so one man sharpeneth another there's also the quality of Leadership. What is leadership? What is leadership? It's such a 
malign term in our world. What is godly leadership? Is it only men should lead? I don't think so. I think that God has put within men and women both qualities of leadership. But I know what God says to the man and to the husband. He's to love his wife and to cherish her and honor her and listen to her. He's to treat her, the Bible says, as the weaker vessel. He's to always to serve. Love your wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Leadership, self-control, the fourth quality of manhood, godly manhood, words, strength, our appetites, our desires, self-control over so many things. One of the things that's very important to us is sexual desire, our sexuality. I want to say some things this morning about a healthy view of sexuality. For men, for boys, as you grow and develop and think and learn, for teens who are often in those days of not understanding and feeling really unsettled about many things. Please hear how precious your God-given bodies are, especially young people. Men and women. I want you to hear today how precious your body is to God. And your spirit and your mind. I want you to realize today both male and female that how God made you is a beautiful plan. And you might not always understand or you won't for a time who you are and why you feel the way you do. And how everything is tied together in relationships and experiences and words and and things that you can't hardly put into, into words. But I want to say to you how precious you are to God. And how important this part of your life is. God made you men and women with certain desires and hormones. And they're different. They affect male and female a little bit different in some ways. But those, those aren't things to feel bad about or feel afraid of or feel upset by. I know when I was an early teenager that I don't remember anybody ever telling me this. Maybe they did and I just missed it. But I really don't ever remember anybody saying to me, God made you the way you are and it's okay. It's okay that you have sexual feelings and desires. It wouldn't be for a while later that I would begin to get a handle on what that meant for me. I felt confused by that. And maybe to a degree all of us or some of us do a certain degree about this area of our life that's so important and so close to us. Sometimes these things are hard for us to sort out and it can be very confusing. But I want to say to you, you're important to God. And if you feel confusion and you're wondering and you, you just wonder, am I normal? Am I weird? Am I strange? Am, am, is God ashamed of me or... Is this the way God made I want you to know that God made you with all those feelings. And it's okay. You don't need to be afraid of that or, or, or feel like uh, there's just something terribly wrong with you. That's how God made us. And it's part of the wonder of how we're designed. And it's confusing and it can be very hard sometimes to, to deal with that. 
I want to say five things specifically about a godly view of sex for men and women. Number one, and I've said it, but I'm going to say it again. Your sexuality is a gift to be cherished. It's something to see as a gift from God. And though it can be complicated, and though it can at times bring about pain or problems or struggle, I mean, that's just part of life, but I want to tell you that it's a great gift from God. In fact, I think the gift of sexuality, and I've, I've named several that I think these are my top five, and, and sexuality is one of them. It is a great gift of God, and it's beautiful. It also has the potential to bring the most pain because it's such a great gift. God knows you. He knows your thoughts, your hearts, your feelings. He knows your development. He knows where you're at in your perceptions. He knows what you've heard and not heard. Uh, he, he just knows all those things about you. And he cares about that. So don't ever think that your sexuality is like, oh, I can't talk to God about that. Woo! No, it's just the opposite. Your creator understands you. And he loves you and he cares deeply about you and what you feel and what you struggle with and, and, and what you perceive. And so if you're here today, and maybe this area has been so painful at some point in your life. Maybe it is now. Maybe it was a time back, I just want you to know that you can go to God and He hears your heart. Don't believe that you're outside of the Creator's understanding of who you are and what's going on in your heart and your life and your spirit. God knows. He knew where David and Solomon failed, these men that I read from. He knew what happened to David and his, uh, his story with Bathsheba and the murder and the adultery and all that. You know, God didn't stop loving David. Boy, he sent the prophet to confront him, and David could have went one of two directions. He could have had ego in his heart and lacked the humility to confess his sin and repent and turn from it. And I don't know what would happen to David, probably the same thing as King Saul. But what David did when he was confronted with the truth is David had something in his heart, a humility that said, God, I'm listening to you. I hear what your spirit says. He confessed his sin. He was punished. And then God restored him. And after that, even after that is when we read David was a man after God's own heart. So there's something about being real and honest with God. In this area and other areas, it's so important. God already knows where we're at. And so if we struggle, it's okay. It's okay to talk to him. We need to do that. We need to reach out to him and call out to him. And hear what he says to us about who we are and what we believe in that part of our lives. How important that is. It's a gift to be cherished. God also, I want to say, designed sex as a great blessing. It's just a great blessing. It's not a bad gift. Man, it's incredible. Physically, emotionally, relationally, life, grandkids. All those things that are incredible. Oh, be fruitful and multiply, he said. That was, the, that was nearly the first commandment God gave to man. Be fruitful and multiply. Sex is a wonderful thing that God's done for us. And it's beautiful. Within his plan, it brings such joy in life. And outside of his plan, which is what we see 80%. In the movies and other places is pain. Again, 
outside of God's plan, our sexuality will bring the deepest devastation to the human heart that is there. Outside of God's plan, I mean, we can talk about how great our sexuality is, but outside of God's plan, it is totally devastating to us in the image of God. So if we're outside of God's plan, call back and say, God, forgive me, restore me, help me, and He will. But if we stay there, then there's no hope of being close to God and no hope to fulfillment in life. But God gave our sexuality as a great blessing. A godly view of sex is unselfish. It brings mutual wonder, blessings, life, joy, relationship. I also want to say about our sexuality is finding the right time is so key. God's timing. This is certainly an issue that is so worldview distorted today. It used to be that if a TV show insinuated that somebody had sex who weren't married, I would be really offended. I shouldn't be watching this. This is wrong. But I tell you what, with a bombardment that's there, I don't know how you feel. But I realize that we're allowing the culture to inform what God says about sex. It's wrong. Sex outside of marriage is wrong. Sex outside of marriage and the relationship between the husband and wife is wrong, whether it's before, other relationships, whatever distortion is out there, it's wrong. It's painful the number of Christians who are so caught in the worldview and the culture that you ask the question, I've been told anyway, I've, been read, I've read the research, and in most churches, a fairly high number of young people say that it doesn't matter when you have sex. That is not God's Word. That is a lie. And it brings pain and destruction and brokenness. Waiting for the timing of God is so important and brings such good blessings. God doesn't, didn't design it that way to, to deny us something. In earlier days, he, he gave it to us to make family strong, to make relationships strong, to bring fulfillment. I don't always understand why God has done and said everything that He has about other things, but I know that his wisdom and knowledge is better than mine. And he's right. And so the timing of our sexuality is so important. And hearing what God says. One simple verse in this area, and then I'll move on, is this. Do not awaken love before it's time. You can study that scripture and read a little bit more about it and understand, but... Do not awaken love before it's time. That's not to restrict you. It's to bless you. 
how valuable and precious this area of your life is. You are precious to God. Your body is as well. And your heart is. Your sexuality is a huge responsibility. What you do with it. What you do when you've messed up. What you do when you've been outside of God's plan and you hear that voice say to you, that's not where you that's not where I want you to be. That's not what's best for you. What do you do about it? What do you do about past sin? Well, you bring it to a loving God who created you the way you are. You ask forgiveness. You ask that God would help you to live a life that honors Him and brings blessing to so many people. I guess one more thing and then I'll be finished this morning. One more scripture and then one picture. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, You are not your own. You have been bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. When we think about what Jesus did for us on the cross, we think about all that He cared about there and His, His passionate love for us, that He would die on the cross. And then Paul links these two together and says, remember that. Remember what Jesus has done for you and it's to help you. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. I guess I have one more thing to say. You said I have one more thing written down. I want to say to all the dads that are here, I know you know this. Your sons will grow up fast. They all grow up fast. We know that. Have the conversations while you can. I'm not saying that because I got that right. I do see it a little different than I probably did 20 years ago. Don't let the other worldview capture them. And dads and moms... You've got to be proactive if that's not going to happen. You've got to decide about culture in your home and what your kids are going to hear and watch and some you can control and some you can't. But you can't have the conversations with them. Don't neglect this important part of who they are and their identities. I think although it not, might not be easy, might not always feel comfortable, I can promise you if you're a godly father... Your kids will value that conversation very much. If you're not a godly father, then they probably won't. But if they see godliness in you, they will want to know what you think in your perspective. Don't miss the opportunity. Would you stand, please? I'm going to pray. And then we're going to sing a song, Find Us Faithful in closing today. Would you bow your heads as we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for how you made us, the complexities, how different we are, even across this audience this morning. There's a lot of variety. Some may have been taught all their lives certain views about 
their sexuality and what's right and best and God's Word. And others may be hearing for early times in their lives. God, I pray that each person would go back to Your Word and Your truth and seek what is best. Lord, I pray. I do thank You for our men, our boys, our teenagers. I pray that You would help them to be strong in their character and their faith. I pray you would grant wisdom to fathers and grandfathers and uncles and us in the church family, men, that we can be an influence on our young people in a positive way that they don't feel afraid of, but they know is genuine and uh, that we care and God deeply cares about them and their lives, I pray. Thank you today for your word. Pray that you would apply it to our hearts and our lives and our families and our future, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.